Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for Keeneland opening day, Friday, October 7th. Peter Thomas Fornital back with you. Very, very pleased to be here. Very, very pleased that it's Keeneland time once again. One of these situations where I wish I could be in two places at once, as I've mentioned on other shows, heading over to the UK this weekend, but wish I could also be here for Fall Stars weekend, one of my one of my absolute favorites. And it's just a shame it's so competitive this time of year. I, I don't I wish this was an annual event, but between um, various travel, it can be uh, it can be a little bit tricky. But uh, here now and here with a man who's been covering or going to be covering Keeneland Force. He has covered in the past. He does a fabulous job. You know his work from InTheMoneyPodcast.com. He's Eric Solomon. Eric, how are things? Things are great, Peter. Good to see you. Good to talk to you anyway. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're No video today. We're, we're, doing, we're changing up the strategy. You've probably figured this out already. But with YouTube, I, I'm just I'm playing with something, and I want to go for one shorter uh, video in these late-week shows. And then obviously – these special shows, you know, we rate, we typically don't do video for, but even on the late week show, you'll notice just going to be me and JK talking about uh, the Naira pick six and even the Saturday Keeneland segment with Philip Shelton. That's just going to be audio only. Anyway, if you like the strategy, if you, if you miss having the big long video, let us know. We always love to interact with you here. You can catch me on Twitter at Looms Boldly, and you can also reach out through the contact page over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Eric, remind people what your Twitter handle is. Uh, handle is at EricSolomon718, and then you'll see me as the guy from the spot, which is our, our restaurant that we run down at the uh, Minor League Baseball Center, uh, Stadium in Harrisburg. i got to come see you there at some point. How far is that from New York City, would you suppose? I... If you do it on a day where you're not getting traffic, you could you could do it in three hours. Okay, that would I think that's a good summer uh, summer trip. We were talking on the other show. You helped me with a little bit about baseball, and I think I, my daughter has a real collector's mentality. And I think getting her, I haven't really sort of exposed her to the the vast world of minor league ball. Her first game was a Cyclones game years ago. She actually caught a ball, which was kind of amazing given that isn't that crazy i mean i've been going to games forever and have i mean i've never gotten a ball i mean i don't i'm not like i'm trying that actively but (laughs) you'd think it would have happened by accident some point anyway her first game she gets a ball she's going to be a lifelong baseball fan i think it's going to be a road trip for next year we are going to cover the opening day keeneland late pick five but first we're going to do a word from our sponsors the keeneland fall meet is here get in on the action wager with keeneland select New accounts receive a special $100 back after you wager $200 on Keeneland Racing this October. Wager a total of $300 in the first 30 days and earn another $100 back with your standard sign-up bonus. Sign up today at KeenelandSelect.com. Keeneland Select mobile betting that gives back. Okay, Eric, let's dive in to this late pick five on opening day. Oh, you know what I should tell people just so they know? Typically, as it is today... The Keeneland late pick five is the last five races, but not so on Saturday for that all-stakes pick five. It's going to start a race earlier, so just know that. It's not the last five races on Saturday. Just a little bit of extra messaging that Jim Goodman asked me to get out. But we're going to start today with this uh, two-year-old maiden race on the dirt. We're going six furlongs. What numbers are going to be on your tickets? 
I absolutely love this sequence today. There's so many good races, and, and I, I do like a lot of prices on this card today, and, and this is what the first one. I, I like the 11 as my top pick, uh, Sir. Uh, Kenny McPeace, of course, 15 to 1. Uh, you know, I, I don't love, it, just in general, I, I don't love two-year-olds that start, so younger horses that, that start on turf and go to dirt, but but I definitely always make that exception when we get to uh, Kentucky Downs. In uh, Ken McPeak had two, two other runners uh, at Kentucky Downs this year, uh, B minor, closed caption. Both of them ran okay races on, on their maiden special weight races there. Both came to Churchill on dirt, cut back in distance, and were winners. Uh, and, and that's kind of what we're, we're looking at with Sir in this race. Horses that sired by Munnings, these horses can run on anything. They, they hit with uh, 18% of their dirt sprints. Uh, Dam is unraced. Uh, this horse has bullet works over the course. I, I think very interesting. 15 to one. I'm, I'm on, I'm bored with this one. I also put the uh, four Liberty Liberty's hauler on the a line. Uh, first time starter by army mule. Um, talk about a horse that's off to a great start at, at stud uh, 20% winners uh, on debut, 25% winners overall in dirt sprints. Uh, this is the initial stud fee, $7,500 is a horse that's sold for $390,000. So always when you see that uh, gap there, I, I certainly look to those horses figuring they, they can run a bit. Uh, Rosario doesn't ride a ton for Al Stahl, but when he does, he, he usually on live horses. Also going to use the six brighter days ahead. Uh, the source debuted at seven furlongs at Saratoga. It's never an easy assignment. Got tired in the, in the Final furlong. I like the cutback to uh, six furlongs. Joe Sharp does well, 20, uh, 22% second time out. Uh, I'll also cover with uh, Golden Bandit on deeper tickets. Just really more of a connections play. Don't don't love this horse. Uh, don't love the rail. But uh, Cox, Drew, always send out live horses at these meets. And then one uh, easy action is, is the 16. Most likely not going to run today, but, but certainly a horse that if he does draw in, definitely want that one included as well. Maybe want to put in the tracker also um, for for when he does show up. Uh, that, that Norm Cassie runner, yeah, unlikely to get in today. Marooned out on the AEs. We have very similar numbers, and I'm going to sort of steal. I, I didn't originally. I looked at Sir and was sort of on the fence, but you've convinced me. And then as you were chatting about the race, I noticed something else interesting about Sir too. So I'm going to include him on my backup line. You did not actually mention the horse that I was going to put on top, which is number three mobster. And for me, this was just a terrific win early pedigree. Uncle Mo well known um, as a debut sire, but then also on the uh, dam side, the dam herself won first out and three of the six siblings also won first out. So there's just a lot of precocity with mobster who I wanted to have as an eight Liberty's hauler, the forerunner I want in. You mentioned the army mule numbers, something like eight for 44 first out. I'm just guessing on the dam side, but Al Stahl is very good first up. And he's interesting because he's known as a patient trainer and is a patient trainer, but still you look and he, there's not that the usual gap you see between first out wins and second out wins. So he's put him and Clement sort of in the same category as guys. Yes, they're patient. They certainly do right by their horses, but they also bring them to the races a little bit closer to fully formed than a lot of patient trainers. In other words, I'm basically just a long-winded way of saying I like Al Stahl first time <laughs> up. I also was with you on the six brighter days ahead. 
why the last time on a day that ground loss mattered form of that race looking pretty strong, producing an next out winner. Um, Joe Sharp, very good, but second time starters, you expect a little better than that normal second out improvement. And this horse will be right there. And then the other thing I noticed as you were talking about, sir, was just the fact that that race at Kentucky Downs flowed towards the front. That was the horses that were one too early were one too late. So for this horse to come from that far back and stick on pretty well late, passing half the field and getting within three and a half lengths, I think there was some ability there. And then you mentioned that, that great, I love that short-term pattern you picked up on uh, on Ken McPeak about the, the these Kentucky Downs debutantes moving to dirt and winning. So three, four on the top line for me with the 611 on the back line, we'll call it. And with that, we'll move on. To race number seven, the first of our stakes races on the day. It's the grade two Phoenix, and it's not a race where I was terribly creative, so I'll just give my quick thoughts. I thought that the five, Sibelius, was definitely going to be my top pick. Very fast, very versatile, has just gotten really good. I don't have anything clever here. I just thought Sibelius looked like the fastest horse to me and isn't even listed as the favorite on uh, on Nick's morning line. So maybe, hopefully he's right about that and, and maybe there's even a, a hint of value. I also am definitely going to include, at least as a backup, number six, Necker Island. This is just such a cool, hard-trying horse. I love that. I love this horse. And, and you know, if it heats up too much, Maybe we can bring some of his stamina into play. Five and six for me in the Phoenix. Who is your selection? Uh, I, I'm on Necker Island as my top pick here. And I kind of look at this race. Special Reserve, the two horse who won this race last year and kind of dash, dash my hopes for a, a major pick five score when he <laughs> could not. Aloha West just couldn't quite get there. Yeah. Um, but so, so I'm not, I'm not going to, I can't let that happen again, to, to, but um, special reserve and, and Sybilis are probably the two best horses in the race. However, when the two best horses have the same running style, I, I do get a little nervous and, you know, th- there could be a decent amount of speed here. You know, top gunner wants to kind of be forwardly placed as well. Long range toddy has shown the ability to be out on the front front has that wide draw might kind of push force the issue as well i I do see a decent pace here so i I think it's that the the table is set for necker island if if it can kind of time that late close so i I do like necker island top pick been right there in the last three times in stakes company so i'll I'll use necker island on the a line and uh use a cover with a special reserve who i i do think isn't in as good form this year but also uh, only two starts have been in on off tracks. Obviously, has, has run well here in the past. And then Sibilis, who you know, just ran them off their feet at Pimlico last time, certainly could be an up and coming horse. Definitely want to include that one as well. Race number eight is the Grade Two Jessamine, two year old Phillies going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. Super duper interesting race here. Um, I'm going to leave it with you, Eric. Um. I, I told you I like some prices today, and, and this is definitely one of those spots. I'm actually on top with a 30 to one shot. I, I like the 11. Knock your socks off. Uh, really like the win at Colonial, uh, Maiden Special Weight Company there back in August. Yeah, kind of settled near the back of the pack, and then kind of drew off by open length. So definitely showed some ability. Uh, Chris Block brought her to Kentucky Downs, uh, ran in the juvenile Philly Stakes there. You kind of go back at that race if. 
yielding turf course in the middle of a driving rainstorm, kind of, again, near the back of the pack. And then Leperu moved seemingly very early with, with that one and very wide. So made, made a strong run, and then they kind of got to that top of the stretch where they're running up the hill, and this one just kind of ran out of gas. Uh, was Actually, was the morning line favorite in that race. Ended up going off, I believe, as the second choice that day. Fourth beaten nine. Just think this horse, you know, bred to go long on the turf. Kitten's joy uh, on top there. I, I, I like this horse, Flavion Pratt, in, in this race. I, I, I'll give this one another chance on top. If, if I'm going to use this one, I'm also going to use the 12-horse Towhead. Uh, just missed in that juvenile Phillies race. This horse was kind of interesting. Still technically a maiden. Uh, ran in that, that kind of funny race back on July 24th at Saratoga where there was a temporary gate malfunction. They weren't sure what was going to happen. Right. But when you go back and watch, horses on the front end kept running. And, you know, Chad Brown had a, had a highly regarded horse in that race. And Toehead would not let that horse by. So, right. so there's definitely some ability there. Just missed last time to Chop Chop, who's running in the next race uh, in the Alcibiades. Uh, I'm not in love with post-12 in this race, but but certainly a horse that I'm going to use, Tyler Gaffleon, certainly rides this course extremely well. Uh, other horse I'm going to put on the A-line is the 9 Recognize. This horse uh, wants to be out on the lead, probably quick enough to get there for uh, Junior Alvarado, Bill Mott. Third in the PG Johnson last time out after beating New York Breds uh, in the first time on turf at Saratoga back in August, I think has a forward move in her. Uh, and then if, you know, another kind of horse on the also eligible list, tax implications, first one in, if there is a defection, this is probably one of the more impressive winners uh, at the Monmouth meet just absolutely drew off in the stretch. It beat a, a decent field back in September there. Irad Ortiz is going to ride this one if she does get in the field. Uh, but, I'll, I'll be using her if she does go, but I'll, I'll put her on the B line for now. So 11, 12, 9 on the top line, and the 13 is a lone B, or did you have it parsed differently? Uh, lone B. Okay, excellent. I I keep messing around. I have the three horses I like in this race, and it relates to the form line you, you talked about. I'm going to mix up how I originally had this. I'm going to put number one, Sabalenka, who comes out of that same race mm. you were talking about as my as my top pick. The more I look at this race, I, I, I originally had Delight on top, but I do see a world in which Delight joins the early fray, and this really sets up for a closer. I thought in that rate, that same race, Sabalenka, visually to me, I mean, I, I, enjoyed, I thought the races from the two you mentioned were good, and I certainly want to have some uh, knock, your, knock your socks off as a backup for me, but I thought Sabalenka's move just looked the best. Um, wide, showing a very nice turn of foot, well-drawn today and could be the best closer in a race that might suit one. Delight, I think, if they do some stalk and pounce tactics, could look very, very good in here. The Saratoga race, I thought, was better than it looked. That was a very tricky trip, and the form of that race is working out really well with two next-out winners and two next-out seconds. Last time, the trip was better, but looked very good doing it, did Delight, finishing up really well. And I'm guessing, again, probably just better serve coming from a little bit farther back. I had it one and three on the top line with uh with your with your long shot 11 as my backup i was just i was thinking the trip could be toehead's undoing uh, you know i hate to, would hate to get beat by that horse i'd hate to be sort of right about that race and and then guess wrong about 
about uh, the horse from that race. So I, I may end up sneaking some 12s in there, but my official picks are going to be one and three on the top line and the, the 11 on the back line. I will ask you specifically about Sabalenka. It's interesting to me that you didn't, uh, you didn't end up using despite using uh, uh, some others out of that race. What, what did you, what did you think of her chances? I, you know, more so just, just kind of like trying to pare down the ticket, but, but I, I certainly is a horse that, should be respected in in this race. Obviously, uh, I, I like that race at Kentucky Downs where where she broke the maiden. Might be a, a tad, just not sure if she's fast enough yet. Yep, we'll, we'll see. You know, certainly, you know, this is a wide open race. Definitely want prices in this race, and, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm going to try and beat the light just at four to one. To to me, take, taking too short of a price on anybody in this race just doesn't seem to be great value. I get it. I get it. It's open. Let's talk about race nine. Grade one action on a Friday. You got to love that. These two-year-old fillies in the Alcibiades, the race that I once mistakenly, I means years ago, but I mistakenly <laughs> mispronounced and, and got more more viewer mail than I, and listener mail than I've ever gotten for any other thing. I swear there were 42 people who were deeply offended by whatever nonsense I said. I haven't gotten it wrong since. And it's just a super cool race in general. Very, very open looking race as well with the, the 14 going to post and a, and a fast pace expected. I say it's open. I'm picking a horse that I still think, I don't know, could be among the favorites. We'll see how they end up betting. But number 10, Kaling, just ran so big in the spin away when you consider that that looked to be a day when the rail wasn't great up there. The debut, I thought, was terrific too. Made two moves, has worked well since with Forte, the hopeful winner. I like Kaling here. Number nine, fun and feisty. Ran so well in the Pocahontas. And it's not like that was some perfect setup. This could be a great one. Had Ken McPeak on the show earlier in the week. He was uh, sounding fairly enthusiastic about uh, about fun and feisty. It's certainly interesting to see that Leperu lands here over Zygera. Um, but that could just be that could be um, some some politics uh, involved there or just when they committed to the race and, and all that kind of stuff. I do want some Zygera on tickets, though, just because she's been very good and makes sense on her blood. Worked well enough on dirt recently with Fireball Baby, who's a useful um, older mare. So I've got Kaling and Fun and Feisty on the A-line and uh, Zagira on the back line. How do you see it? I, I'm going to go for a price once again. Um, D.Y. Lucas looking for his seventh win in this race with number 12, Take Charge Brianna. And I, I really like the maiden race uh, last time out, third career start. Started three times at Saratoga and just kind of just a disastrous break last time out. Flavion Pratt got aboard for the first time and just kind of let her do her thing at the back of the pack, brought her wide, and she just mowed him down in the stretch that day. Uh, definitely bred to get the two turns here. And, you know, one thing with, with Lucas's horses, you know, the, the good ones that he's had over the last uh, couple of years, you know, I think like Secret Oath, these are horses that just kind of like the, the light bulb goes off. And, and I'm wondering if, if that kind of win, you know, despite the trouble is going to be, what it takes for take charge Brianna to, you know, that, that light bulb goes off and the source, you know, starts running bigger races certainly sh should appreciate the added distance. I, I was interested that Flavion Pratt ended up on this one, as opposed to the four horse raging sea who he won on with, uh, at Saratoga on debut, uh, Jose Ortiz rides that one, you know, he certainly rides pretty regularly for Brown, but interesting to see Pratt on this one. 
I'll take her at 15 to one, despite the wide draw. And then I'll look to the inside wonder wheel, um, you know, coming out of the spin away. I, I, I like all three of her races. I, I thought she, she was game that day. Second in, uh, in, in front of Kaling gets first gets the rail, which certainly may help today in, in this field should be near the front of the bay, near the front. I, I think second off that little bit of a layoff, I, I think she'll run a nice race. I'm with you on Zygera and fun and feisty. There's the two that I'm going to put on the B line. Uh, my, my Zygera, obviously if they're, I, I, she definitely would have been my first pick if she was running in the Jessamine ends up here. So clearly she, she's training well over the dirt horses sired by Nyquist really like running at Keeneland. Um, I, I believe then I think like six for 25 in, in dirt routes at, at Keeneland, I think is the number that I had. Pretty cool. Uh, Where'd you pull that number from? Is that, is uh, that a- race? That's race lens. Yeah. Nice. I, I like kind of playing around with some of those filters. Let me make sure that that is the, I believe that's the right number. I can't read my own writing right now. So <laughs> we know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're getting all the notes together, and and um, and, and then fun and feisty. Uh, only graded stakes winner at two turns in this race. Closed a ton. Definitely should be some pace to close into. Uh, can't leave her off the tickets. And then one one horse I also looking maybe as more of an underneath play. The the eleven just Cindy. Uh, can I'll throw out her. Uh, spin away. I, the, the trouble line is a little bit deceiving because I, I don't think that the start was as bad as it made, it makes it sound in the, uh, in the form. However, the, the wide trip certainly was, was not helpful that day. Uh, this, this was the winner of the Schuylerville. So definitely has some ability should improve at two turns and, you know, kind of horse that could be overlooked at 20 to one. Yeah. I mean, it's stakes winner at 20 to one. I, I, I take your point on that one. I take your point on, on take charge Brianna as well in there. And I think you also make a good point about Zagara and running here instead of the Jessamine. They're taking a real chance with this horse because if it's not like, Oh, well, they'll we'll just run in the juvenile Phillies turf. If it doesn't work out, it's very unlikely should get in. I would True. think to a race like that off, uh, you know, just that maiden win. So, I mean, it's uh, they must have confidence that she's going to really like the dirt, I think, mm-hmm. to be making this step. And another reason why I do want that one. Agreed. Um, at least as a backup. Last race we'll talk about is the nightcap three and a billion mare allowance race. I love this. We're going a mile and a half on the Keeneland turf. We're playing this late pick five on opening day. How are we getting paid? Uh, this, this is a race where I'm going to be singled to Federalist Papers, the four horse. I, I really like that race. I, Grant was only f- against five horses, but she absolutely dominated uh, non-winners of one allowance field back here in the spring at this 12 furlong distance. Came back, met a, a pretty stiff field at Belmont in a, in a mile and a quarter race there, and then was a private purchase. Comes back for Brendan Walsh last time out at uh, Kentucky Downs. And just missed, beaten by Viburnum there, who that was that was probably my uh, biggest uh, win bet, biggest score at Kentucky Downs this meet. Um, but but now second off the layoff, can get the distance. I, I think there's a lot of upside on this one. I think that there's a lot of evenly matched horses here. So nine to two, get Tyler Gaffleone on this course. I, I'm going to try to get it home with her on top. One other horse I want to talk about uh, underneath that I'll, I'll use is the six light stars. This horse just 
did not seem to get along with Joel Rosario in, in her first two starts in North America. De- definitely kind of fighting him most of the way. And, and that's never something you want to see in, in these longer distance races. Uh, Vincent Cheminon, I, my, my French is not very good. So hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. <laughs> uh, gets, gets them all. He, he rode some, some excellent races on this course, brought home some nice prices in the spring. He gets the call for Christophe Clement for the first time here. I, I think this horse could, could certainly improve in this race and he's, 12 to one or better. I, I'd certainly consider, you know, maybe a small win bet you cover, put the source underneath. I think it makes sense. And we are, we have the same top pick in here. I think Federalist papers is the right one with the distance and that course success against the flow back in the spring being the real difference maker. Brendan Walsh trainer looking, looking for to have a strong, Keeneland meet been a little bit cold overall. I think that's going to turn around. I think it's going to turn around in a hurry. This seems like a nice opportunity to, to get and this horse will be among the favorites, but not like the kind of favorite that you're going to be paying such a premium for. If you decide to press mm-hmm. up the way, I think both of us want to, I will back up with a whole bunch of them though. Sure. Their child is one I'm interested in who has formed the ties in closely with Federalist papers could be on the lead here. I think Rosario suits this one, and Fairchild has a good amount of finish for, for a speed horse. Actually, it's, I'm almost tempted to move this one up to a co-A, but I'm just going to leave as I'm going to leave as kind of a B plus in this <laughs> spot. Um, another, a couple other numbers to mention. The one, Mia Martina, I thought was maybe a little bit interesting from a good post, coming off of a tough trip, breaking poorly, and trying to make up ground in, in a merry-go-round race. Plenty of races that fit figure wise and, um, you know, has to has to be able to get the distance. And I'm not 100 percent sure about that. That's going to keep her off the A line. But I do want some Mia Martina around there. Queen Bourbon, another one who just looking at form and looking at figures. This is a horse that I just think makes sense. Ran well enough going the mile and a half in the past seven to two on the morning line. I don't love again. That's why that's why I make her a little bit more of a B. And then I think you made a great case on light stars, a horse that's going to have no trouble at all on breeding with the distance. And I do think it's just, just an interesting jockey switch. Rosario doesn't suit every horse. And, and that, that, that could be part of the issue here. This, this is another one who uh, has some good late closing kick. If they go too fast early um, could very much get involved. So the four on the top line for me, eight, one, five, and six, very spready. You were looking to focus much more around the four on the top line with the six as a lone B. I think I like your opinion of this race more than I like mine. They're similar. Yours is just a lot more targeted. We'll see in the ticket construction how I end up putting things together here. But Eric, this was great fun. Appreciate you doing double duty here this morning, and we're going to have you back on a show soon. Sounds great. Good to talk to you.